on the job with Francis Leach. It's On The Job, the podcast, all about making your working life better. How are you? Francis Leach back with you again after a massive week, doing this one late on the weekend because there's been so much going on uh, this week with Jim Chalmers handing down Labor's first budget in nearly a decade, nine years in the making. And uh, the budget included a couple of massive wins for unions and workers that should not pass without mention and celebration. And so that's what this podcast is all about this week. One of those things is 10 days paid family and domestic violence leave, which was enshrined in the budget on Tuesday night. Now, this is such a significant moment for so many workers around the country and unionists who have been campaigning to tirelessly over a decade to explain the need for this sort of leave for people who find themselves in their most uh, uh, stressful, often most traumatic moment in their their lives often uh, and need to choose between going to work or getting out of a really difficult situation and uh, making them and their their family safe. And this particular leave is now law and it is a huge breakthrough that will make a real difference, like a profound difference in people's lives. So that's one of the things we're going to talk to Michelle Neil about, the president of the Australian Council of Trade Unions, uh, in just a moment. The other one is the extension uh, of paid parental leave and turning that into a 26-week affair from 18 weeks and a uh, revamp of it as well to make it more flexible for for partners in relationships to parent equally. So these are two huge things that were won this week by the union movement as a consequence of this budget. And Michelle O'Neill, the president of the ACTU, caught up with me across the weekend when we finally were able to see each other to have a chat about that. And also, late in the week, the introduction of some significant industrial relations legislation as well, which could have a massive impact on the way that wages are set and we'll get a better deal for workers in all industries. Let's catch up with Michelle O'Neill, President of the ACTU. This is On The Job with Francis Leach. So, Michelle, welcome back to On The Job. Hi, Francis. Good to be back. Very busy week, extraordinary week, really, and so many things achieved in this budget, so much more to do. But let's talk about what were the significant moments this week when uh, Jim Chalmers handed down his budget. And the paid domestic family violence leave is something you've been campaigning for with allies and unionists across the country for over a decade. What was that moment like when you saw that legislation enter the House? It's extraordinary, Francis, because you think about all the women and activists and unionists around the country who've fought for this for so long and you never give up hope and we're great at campaigning but winning at workplace by workplace and then having you know such a long and sustained campaign to finally have it happen was a bit unbelievable because we'd had so many false starts and thought we were going to get it through and then to finally do it it just felt fantastic it was actually really emotional it was emotional for I think many, many, many people around the country who'd fought for this and who were in a particularly pay tribute to those frontline workers who work with people who are experiencing family and domestic violence. They were just the staunchest campaigners on this campaign. And, you know, the ASU started this back in, you know, 12 years ago. And I really want to pay credit to all the unions, but particularly those frontline workers and ASU members. Really important stuff. Give people a sense of just the practical implications of this now for women who find themselves or people who find themselves in in a a traumatic circumstance and a moment of crisis who now have access to this leave. It gives them choices. 
that's the fundamental change it makes because what's been happening for so many women and some men is that when you're faced with that terrible situation of trying to deal with the crisis, trying to get to a doctor, get to a hospital, find a new home, get to the police, find a lawyer, you know, all of the things that you need to do, find new school for your kids, all the things you need to do when you're trying to deal with violence at home, then the last thing you want to have to choose between is do I do all of that or do I turn up for work or am I going to lose my job or lose my pay or is in fact the perpetrator going to know I'm doing all these things because suddenly there's less money in my pay packet and we know that financial control is a really key part of family and domestic violence. So it gives choices. It's literally life-saving. It means that you don't have to give up your job or your pay to be able to escape. And it's one more major piece in the puzzle when it comes to uh, financial security for women, isn't it, who often lose their work or can't get back into the workforce in circumstances like that. It gives them continuity in their workplace and you know, an opportunity to keep working, uh, you know, even if their circumstances are really distressing. It's so important that we just don't add trauma on top of trauma. So having that um, sustained uh employment and wage while you're trying to deal with everything else. You can't overstate how important it is. And one of the really great wins in this new bit of law is that it's available for casual workers as well as um, full-time and permanent and part-time workers. What are the lessons we learned from the campaign itself? As we said, over a decade of work, and it's as unionists, we know what campaigning is like, but significant wins like this teach us a few things about you know how you take other people on the journey to understand why this is important and, and about uh, resilience and continuing to campaign win by win by win. First lesson is never give up. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the other thing I'd say is that just that building a campaign and that sense of people seeing and having the hope of seeing others win it. So winning it workplace by workplace, having the discussions with workers in every type of workplace, you know, not just workplaces where majority workers are women, but in male-dominated workplaces as well. So having activists, delegates, organisers explain it to other workers, say why it's important, convince them to fight for it, then win it in one deal after another. It's like this sort of rising... Um, dawning understanding about how important the issue is, but also a sense of, well, if they can win it, we can win it. And that, and to win it for everybody, that's how we do it. And there's a great and proud long history of unions doing this with key rights and entitlements in Australia. It's how we won absolutely everything, that some workers go first, they fight hard and win it, they inspire others, they get on board, and then eventually we win it for everyone. There were other things in the budget that were important and paid parental leave being extended and, and enhanced as well is a significant win for unions but and their allies who understand the importance of this. Explain to folks why this is a really important thing for women and for workers in general because it in, impacts you know family units of all types. So again, it's pretty momentous to finally see an extension in paid parental leave. Paid parental leave um, was brought in 11 years ago by the previous Labor government and it's never changed. It's never got better. So to go from 18 weeks to 26 weeks is great. It's six months leave. It'll take a few years to get there. So of course, we would rather see it quicker. But to have that in place, the commitment there, the schedule there to do it is a really important commitment. There's 
there's more work to do on paid parental leave, but fundamentally what it does, having a better system, is mean that uh, you can uh, not have to, again, lose your job, lose your opportunities and connections and training and career promotion opportunities and things within your job. You can share the leave better now. So there's more work to do on this, but making it um, more easily shared between both parents. And we know that particularly when there's a, a, the second parent is a man, there's much at the moment a really uneven sharing of the parental leave. So everything we can do that makes it more equally shared is going to have long-term benefits for women. means that we can try and do something about the um, lower participation of women at work. In Australia at the moment, there's so many women who want to do more hours, more days, more work, but because of things like paid parental leave not being there, but also, and this was another big part of the budget, childcare costs. So uh, to have that commitment again to in the budget to see that next year we're going to have um, early childhood education and care more affordable and more accessible is the other critical part of women being able to do the work they want to do and not be disadvantaged. And it actually benefits the economy, doesn't it? Because with work uh, workforce constraints, with not enough people working, unlocking the ability for women to continue to work, uh, continue to work is actually an economic multiplier. That's something that we need to talk more about, isn't it? Exactly. It's not a welfare measure. This is absolutely an economic benefit uh, for women, for men, for families, for businesses, for the whole economy. And economies where there's a closer participation in work between women and men are more equal economies as well. You know, it's got all these social as well as economic benefits. It's just a win for everybody. Again, more work because what we know at the moment in early childhood education and care, because 95% of the workers are women, the work's undervalued, the workers in the sector are not paid enough. Uh, don't have secure enough work. So there's other parts of this work that have to be one too, but to see that more affordable childcare coming in is great. Cost of living pressures continue to rise and the Treasurer made it clear in his budget speech that things such as the uh, price of energy, the price of electricity, the price of gas are going to go uh, through the roof. And uh, there's, there's a feeling of inevitability that we're going into a really difficult time in terms of inflation and, and the cost of living pressures on workers. Were you happy with the way the government handled that in the budget and what else should it be doing at the moment to raise wages and raise the, uh, the the money in people's pockets without trying without having the doubled impact of you know fueling inflation and making things worse it's a difficult one this is the missing piece out of the budget but the missing piece was actually delivered by the government putting into parliament two days later the new bill uh, which is going to make a difference in terms of lifting wages. We cannot ignore the fact that cost of living is out of control and working people's wages are going backwards. We've got wages at the moment sitting at like officially 2.6%, let's say they're three or three and a half, but we've got inflation now at 7.1% and rising. That's with wages going backwards in real terms, um, 4%. Now, this is not sustainable. It's shocking. And workers aren't getting their fair share, Francis. Like it's not that businesses aren't profitable. Businesses made last year 28% profit on average. And you know what else really gets me when I hear those business lobbyists oppose the um, uh, the new bill as it's gone into parliament is that CEO pays went up in 2021 
40%. And the people that represent those CEOs standing there and saying working people don't have a right to have laws changed so that the bargaining system works and they can just bargain with a bit more of an equal playing field makes me sick. So talk to us about how this law changes the way uh, we bargain for a better deal at work because I think a lot of people don't quite understand the difference when it comes to, okay, I've got an enterprise bargaining agreement at my workplace, but my mate over there does a similar sort of job, but he's also got a different negotiation going on. So are we talking about being able to negotiate across sectors now so that workers can collectively get a better deal, not having to individually negotiate worksite by worksite? Is that what we're talking about? It's opening up more options. So there still will be enterprise agreements, and if workers and their employers want to do agreements at an enterprise level, that can still happen under the system. But it opens up a few other ways that you can do it as well. And there's uh, multi-employer agreements and they will mean that sectors at the moment that really are locked out of bargaining. And you think of one of the ones I was talking about before, early childhood education and care is a great example. In the part of the new bill that deals with that, it means that you could have childcare centres negotiating together to win an agreement that applied across multiple childcare centres and important that you could have at the table not just the employers in the childcare centres but the funder as well because you've got to get the economic decision makers part of the deal, part of the negotiation. Otherwise, these wages in these sectors are never going to rise. It's, I think, a critical part. As I said, the budget had some cost of living measures in it. Good to see uh, things like medicines, like the co-payment for medicines coming down. That'll make a difference for people. Um, Those housing announcements, like we've got such a crisis with both rental and home ownership, we've got to deal with you know making housing more affordable. But wages, wages, wages. Like we have had a decade of wages being um, either stagnant or now going backwards in real terms. That's why we need these legal changes. And, and as well as um, the changes on bargaining, it's also got really important changes about making gender equity part of an object of the Act, fi- fixing our really broken pay equity laws, uh, get flexible work rights. So if someone had a responsibility around um, caring for their kids or for a, a, a relative or someone with a disability and they were trying to balance work and that caring responsibility, better rights to to not just ask for flexible work, but then to have the independent umpire say, okay, is this fair or not that you've been refused it is great. And the other lesson from this week is join your union and become active in your union because it's the work of unions and our allies that have actually achieved so many of these changes this week. Francis, it just proves again, doesn't it, that, you know, one worker alone could go, oh, I wish I had access to that leave or I wish I had better pay. It's never how it happens. How it happens is workers joining together and fighting and campaigning together and that's unionism. So it is the way that we win every real change that we've won for working people in this country and around the world and it's the answer so if you're not if you're listening and you're not a member of a union come and join us australianunions.org.au that's the pitch michelle thank you very much um, enjoy a weekend you certainly earned one because it's been a big week thanks francis you too with francis leach this is on the job
Michelle O'Neill there, President of the ACTU, celebrating what has been a huge week for Australian unions and workers. Plenty more work to do. This is only just the beginning of the sort of reforms that we need after a decade of waste and inaction, indifference and hostility from the previous Liberal government. But it's a great start and it's worth celebrating, which is what we have done here today. And the way that you can celebrate, as was mentioned in that conversation, was to become a union member. AustralianUnions.org.au is where you go to start that journey. AustralianUnions.org.au you join your union, become active in your union. What we've talked about today is a perfect example of how things can change when ordinary people stand up and take action. And that means you. So if you're not a union member, now's the moment. Join now. Also, give us a rating and a review of the podcast. It helps others find the information and the inspiration and uh, it bumps us up those charts, which is always a good thing. Uh, We really appreciate all your comments and reviews. So if you've got the time and the inclination, I'd be deeply appreciative. My name is Francis Leach. I'll catch you on the next edition of On The Job. Have a great week. 